0: hello there you're listening to the watson's weekly roundup podcast with me peter watson for the week commencing monday the 8th of november i'm joined today by my super genius ex-research analyst friend ralph hebgen Ralphie, how are you doing today hi peter i'm good i'm good Thank nice you back. it's all good Excellent. Now, just say to the um, say to the listeners, so this is Ralph Ralph Hebgen, um, former colleague of mine and um, re- uh, equity research analyst extraordinaire um, with a great amount of experience, um, enormous brain power. Um, and he's here for you today. The only thing is we've got to do this quite quickly because I've got another call to do after this. Keeping it real here. OK, so we've got real lives going on. Um, bring it,
1: bring it on, then Peter. Bring it yeah, on. Stop brilliant. talking about me. I, 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 haven't got any bribe money left anyway
0: for you to say nice things <laughs> right. nice about me. Uh, okay, so fair enough then. Let's let's get to it. Awesome. Right. Okay. So, um, start with macro. There's loads of macro stuff today. Uh, today, this week. Um, So U.S. inflation has now reached its highest level since 1990. Um, This is going to put even more pressure on the uh, on uh, America's um, central bank, the uh, Federal Reserve. And um, this so Jay Powell, who is the uh, the chair of the uh, of the Federal Reserve, um, he has been saying how, you know, it's too early to put up. Uh, interest rates uh, in order to calm down inflation, um, but I did think it was very interesting. That apparently, last week, um, a, 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 an economist called Lael B- uh, Brainard. Um, she was uh, she was um, a, an economist under the uh, Obama administration, and she is the only other candidate apparently because yeah. in terms of the fact that um, uh, Jay Powell, so the 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 chair, this the, he he's up for re-election. Now, everyone expects him to get the job, but, um, you know, the fact that there is there is there is a there is an opponent, as it were, um, potentially, who could get the job. Um, so uh, everyone expects, uh, everyone, just to reiterate, everyone expects um, uh, Powell to get the job. But I just think, it, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. if possible, if Biden really feels under pressure, you kind of wonder whether he could bring in Lael Brainard's. Um, she doesn't have the baggage that um, that Powell has. So Powell was um, Trump's choice. Um, and it all started well, but then ended quite badly. I don't think he's on the, the Christmas card list. Um, and I just wonder whether actually you could, if you got Brainard in, um, that they, they could raise interest <clears throat> rates quickly yeah. because uh, there's not that kind of... Because I, I feel that Powell has talked himself into a corner. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, maybe one general comment on, on inflation and interest rates. I mean, it's always difficult, I believe, for the central banks of any country to set the interest rates at the right moment
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because obviously, and this is no surprise to anybody, it's been sort of compared with steering a super tanker. You mm-hmm. just, you, I don't know what super tankers have, but let's say they have a steering wheel. So you turn the steering wheel and then like a week later, something happens. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: No, but in this particular case, I believe the reason why, um, markets are sometimes surprised by the decisions central banks are taking or failing to take Mm -hmm. is because this particular juncture is, I think, even more difficult to evaluate, to assess than normal. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is clearly because a lot of that inflationary pressure, which we're seeing, uh, which we're seeing now and which we're going to see next year, is generated by the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. But not all of it. Some of Mm. it is clearly also generated by the uh, supply chain interruptions, which we're seeing currently. And it is, I believe, very difficult to unravel the two
0: Mm. and
1: understand clearly which of the two elements is going to sort of emerge and remain visible once the Mm. COVID crisis has abated. Mm. one is sustainable possibly and the other one is not Mm. and 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 that's sort of the 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 issue here because when we see u.s inflation as you said highest since 1990 we have uh, the inflation issue in the uk we have it in europe we have it in china of course Mm. Uh, Mm. and and i i wonder i mean i've sort of said in the past that i think it's going to be a blip, but if you look at the structural issues, which, for for example, the UK has, and some European countries, everybody has different issues, of course. I wonder whether we are going to head into a sustained um, period of higher inflation. It's not hmm. going to be. At the level of the spike, we're going to see, but I believe higher inflation is on the cards. And it's mm. not the good sort of inflation which is generated by an increase in economic productivity. It's the sort mm. of inflation you don't want to see. And therefore, I think it's clear the journey is going to go towards higher interest rates. And back to your if this particular dynamic can be if I'm if it's a fair analysis which I'm presenting, then mm. this of course can be. Um, cited as potent reason to increase interest rates now rather than later. So if you have a change in um, in, uh, in in personnel. staff in, in yeah. personnel, that might very easily be driven by that. Hmm. We
0: shall see. But anyway, um, inflation chat will definitely um, run uh, for quite some while yet. Yeah. And, and <laughs> even when and, and actually if and when they do um, increase interest rates, there'll be even more infl- inflation chat. So there you go. Uh, for all those inflation <laughs> fans out there, you know, <laughs> the golden times. Let the good times roll. Uh, so anyway, um, so apart from that, so we've got um, China, so factory gate inflation. Mm. Um, uh, rose at the fastest rate for 26 years Um, this this isn't the price of the gates at the factory (laughs) this is (laughs) sorry and this is this is sorry this is the (laughs) this is the price that wholesalers pay the manufacturers for for their stuff and then so the idea is is that if this these um, prices are going up to the to the wholesalers those wholesalers are, uh, will probably pass it on to mm. the end consumers. So, so, the highest rate for um, highest rate for twenty six years. Um, elsewhere in China, we heard as well that, that it looks like um, uh, President Xi Jinping is uh, part of the, they're changing the laws and things, so that it looks like he can be in power until twenty twenty eight. I, I turn this as, as a doing a doing a putin <laughs> um but um but anyway yeah so that's that's what's going on at the moment i just think you know i suppose in a way from a from a world perspective it just means more of the same thing um you know from, from now to um uh, you know more crackdown more um of the of this that you know the projects that are going on right now <clears throat>
1: well yes i mean i completely agree. I mean, obviously, China is a communist country, first and foremost, which has uh, managed to, very well managed, has to be said, to inject an element of capitalism into its um, society, into the economy, and it's clearly benefited from it. But we shouldn't forget that, of course, there is no uh, democratic uh, discussion um, going on in, in the country. And so you would not be surprised to see leaders um, establishing themselves forever as as the leader of the country. However, one thing which I would say is Mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes, ever so often, you know, th- things can come out of um, international dialogue, which you wouldn't expect, because we've mm. seen at the COP26 uh, the surprising announcement that the U.S. and China are going to have yeah. a bilateral deal. And if you read the fine print, I haven't read, but if you read the announcement, <laughs> what? If you read, yeah, oh, sorry for that. <laughs> if you read the announcement, it is actually a commitment to establishing 1.5 degrees Celsius. Um As an aspirational goal, Mm -hmm. which is also the aspirational goal of the Paris Agreement. So Mm -hmm. I think that is positive. So, you know, having said what I said earlier, it is not always the case that um, totalitarian leaders are going to be... uh, (laughs) exclusively negative for the world. yeah 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 no fair <laughs> enough there we go there we
0: go um so okay so moving on to um moving on to europe um we've seen so germany the german council of economic experts which yes. advises the government which sounds like a, a really fun group to be part of and i'm sure that their christmas parties are absolutely wild um they said that the they, um they reckon that um Germany could become the um, economic laggard of the Eurozone. Um, mm-hmm. So this means that, uh, yeah, so they're saying the, re- the reason for this is because um, there's incre- there uh, higher rates of, of COVID, um, which will um, uh, dent consumer activity. And also um, it, that will also affect existing supply chain problems as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh the other thing as well within within Europe you've got um Poland's um the, the, the Polish economy um, is facing a number of uh, issues at the moment. So you've got the Belarus, uh, their border with Belarus uh, problematic because there are migrants coming from across the border there. Uh, and then you've got uh, their problems with, with between Poland and the EU because hmm. the EU is trying to get them to change their laws or the, the way that the judiciary works. And Poland is saying no. And so in uh, the EU is saying, well, if you don't change, you're not going to get 57 billion um, euros in grants and low interest rate loans uh, Mm. unless you do what we say. So it is all quite uh, dramatic at the moment. And actually, while we're on the subject, um, Belarus. Um, is has been threatening to stop gas supplies going to Europe, but that sounds like um, an empty promise because really, um, uh, L- Lukashenko has got no say, really, yeah. and it's all about what Putin wants and exactly. what Gazprom wants. Although, I would have thought, um, Putin being the 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 crafty man he is. Mm-hmm. Um he I you can imagine he could use this as an excuse. I mean he just he doesn't have to he can but he can blame it on he can blame it on Lukashenko can't he really so, um, well
1: of course I wouldn't put anything past Putin. He's a formidable character yeah. and sh- certainly um very skilled in what I will for oh, yeah. the purpose of our discussion here call diplomacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is perhaps not the right word to use but mm. Just as an aside, maybe this is a funny anecdote, do people remember what he said when asked what the Russian soldiers are doing in the Ukraine? He actually says, well, these are no Russian soldiers, they're on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually true. I mean, he said they're on holiday. I mean, this kind of brazen attitude might actually be present there as well, because Gazprom Mm -hmm. has increased um, output. Levels of gas, or certainly has announced that they will, Mm. and it is of course entirely possible that there is some sort of double bluff going on here. But nevertheless, I mean, these are, I think, these type of issues has always existed within Mm. the EU, and it's uh, to to my mind, this is possibly not as explosive as as it might look if you. Just look at the issue in isolation. and Poland, mm. Poland's economy is dependent on the EU more than many others uh, mm. in the in, in the EU, and I think the threat of withholding the support fund is going to. Ease consent with the <laughs> judiciary reform. Very
0: diplomatically put, I thought. <laughs> Very diplomatically. So, brilliant. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so, uh, actually, while we're, while we're on the subject of, uh, of energy, um, I thought it was interesting to see that um, Rolls-Royce and the, the consortium that it, that it has with um, uh, with France's BNF and also America's Exelon Generation Um that got some that got some more funding so this is the funding for the um, mm-hmm. small modular reactors which are uh, you know 10% of the price of a normal uh, was a, a conventional uh, nuclear power plant um smaller um generates loads easier to easier to site etc um uh, you know so i think this is this is interesting mm-hmm. clearly this isn't gonna make any difference um for another you know 10 years or something um but still it is it is a move in 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 the direction of nuclear and talking of that um you've got france's edf um, mm-hmm. which is you know the state controlled um uh, utilities company um it is getting ready to build i think it's six new uh, mm-hmm. nuclear reactors um again this is just builds on what i've been saying recently about macron going back on his um election promises of reducing um france's dependence on nuclear generated uh, electricity uh and and going back to having more um, yeah. <laughs> so very int- i thought very interesting um change there and i do wonder obviously with a with a uh, an election coming up relatively soon Um, whether the uh, maybe his uh, opponents can perhaps uh, gauge the reaction of the electorate and and see whether they think that they want nuclear to be to be expanded or whether, you know, if they don't, then I think that Macron's kind of backed himself into a corner here, whether they could make some kind of, um, you know, there'd be some currency here um, that could help them win the election if the other candidate maybe has a bit more of a green agenda, perhaps. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know. This is hard to gauge. I mean, Macron... Uh, domestically, of course, uh, is most beleaguered by the parties from the right. So mm. we have the likes of Le Pen, and there's another person who has emerged uh, whose name I incompetently forgot. So ba- basically, he's beleaguered from the right. Mm. And and I do wonder whether the right um, uh, Front National, Le Pen, is necessarily going to support... A environmentally friendly agenda Mm. so I I wonder about this actually I I have long wondered anyway why the European countries uh, in general have veered away from nuclear power Mm. as a uh, source of energy because I mean if you look at it it has had a lot of bad press of course over the years but (laughs) yeah yeah but especially in Japan Yes Japan what, what 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 happened there again i wonder but yeah. no actually no on a serious note but if you look at it in the round so to speak yeah. mm. nuclear technology appears to be relatively safe there have mm. been three mm. major incidents mm. one was chernobyl and that was of course soviet style uh, technological incompetence and it wasn't mm. even it wasn't even contained that, that particular mm. nuclear power plant did not have a containment uh, dome So Mm. that was a problem. Japan, as you said, terrible disaster. And the third world was Harrisburg in the US, if I recall properly, which uh, was actually the containment held and it did what it was supposed to do. So what I'm pointing out here is sort of, it seems to me that the necessary concessions and commitments people are making to get temperatures down Mm. um, are creating... genuine uh, pressure on politicians to act Mm. and you can't get to one one and a half degree celsius without um, developing an alternative uh, mode of energy yeah and wind energy and these other sources are not going to cut it no. It's important. They're contributing. But I think, unfortunately, we have to go back to nuclear energy mm. until we get fusion.
0: Reactors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, for what it's worth, I mean, I it just I just feel that with with nuclear, you know, everything was was, you know, everyone was very positive about nuclear you know, across Europe in the UK as well. Very positive about it um and i recall say at the beginning of the 2000s and things you did have oil companies sort of vaguely saying oh yeah we want to be greener um but then not really meaning it and then um i do remember again at the time like wind power was really expensive and still Mm -hmm. nuclear was way cheaper um to produce and um however obviously that has that that the the, um, renewables have cheapened over time but I actually wonder whether it's Merkel who um, she really made a because again I remember uh, what happened was Merkel looked like she was going to lose the election, wasn't looking good at the time. Mm. Fukushima happened Mm. and then she went from overnight from being very pro-nuclear to saying right we're not going to do that anymore we are going to go renewables and that was a big statement at the time and actually that statement uh, it propelled it I mean she you know she won another turn so um, so I think that it's great. Mm. so I do feel that that really the Fukushima that really turned things around um, yeah and it was quite interesting as a little anecdote i I do remember saying
1: no no uh, no i think that's right uh and 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 you're right and and in fact nuclear energy is not something which you really want to have around isn't it it may may be safe if you look at it over the over the decades but of course any particular disaster in nuclear energy might actually have very tragic um consequences indeed as japan has of course shown Mm. but at the same time we, we are in an uncomfortable spot here because at the same time we are all moving towards electricity away from gas. I mean, this is what happens in the UK. Uh, there's a deadline for um, new properties to be fitted with electric boilers rather than gas boilers. Mm. Clearly, electric cars are going to be the next paradigm. Mm. This electricity has to be generated from somewhere, and yes, I know mm. it's coming from a
0: battery, but it has to be mm. charged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, by so, the way, by the way, yeah, go on. You were talking about heat, heat pumps, right? Uh, mm. interestingly, I, I met, I was, I, I went on, went to the rugby right on the weekend, and uh, I was, with, I was with a plumber, right? So, and I asked him, I said, what are these heat pumps actually like? <laughs> and he went, uh, he let's just say he was not complimentary. Oh, uh, he indeed. said that that he said that they were difficult to fit, uh, and he said that they don't work in a lot of houses. He said new builds, not so bad, but he said to retrofit them to existing houses yeah. is very difficult and actually doesn't really help that much. Mm-hmm. So he said it's all it, it's all talk uh you know it sounds good, but in act- the actual practicalities are not really there. Mm-hmm. so um, so I thought that was quite interesting but anyway, yep. let's go and say, uh, moving quickly on, um, so sort of trying to fit in a few few extra things, so Bitcoin had an amazing week this week, yep. um, although it is weakening significantly now um, uh, Apple was talking, there was probably a bit of excitement because Apple said it was considering crypto um, but very non-committal as to what it was uh, of what they were doing and they definitely said they definitely didn't say um, that you could pay for any Apple products by Bitcoin, uh, you've got <laughs> Uh, Twitter trying uh, it as well. They're recruiting um, uh, a team um, for for uh, for cryptocurrency. Um, so you know Jack Dorsey, the CEO, he's a big fan. They want to have you know a bit of uh, Bitcoin action, but they don't know crypto action, but they don't know what yet. So that's one to watch. I think let's finish on Rivian, right? Because Rivian yes, is one Rivian. of those things was a really kind of big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what so? You know, that floated this week. Uh, I think it looks, you know, it's a nice vehicle. I mean, not that I'm into pickup trucks, um, but if I was, I think it looks like a nice thing. Um, and I think that, the, you know, the main difference um, and the reason why this might succeed um, is because uh, it's got, you know, Amazon is, has got a 22% stake and mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is very much um, pushing it and has given them a big order. But what yeah. do you reckon? Oh, yeah, I mean,
1: entirely. What what I also think is that, I mean, I I may misjudge the market slightly here, but my feeling is that Tesla obviously is the one which has made this market um, interesting and investable, and it has got products which are actually working. It's not just electric, you know. Mm. Tesla, of course, is also high-tech and self-driving technology is on board, etc. Now, if I judge the technology right, the bottleneck with these things is the batteries. The batteries are bulky and they have to generate the right power. Mm -hmm. Now this problem uh, accelerates or is amplified if you have vehicles which use more power, like pickup trucks or of course lorries. Mm. And I think the Rivian float might be um, significant also because of that, because I know a pickup truck is not a lorry, but it is a sort of heavier working vehicle. Mm-hmm. So if you have got now the ability to manufacture electric cars which have enough onboard power to make like a semi commercial activity um, commercially viable, mm-hmm. then that is another segment in the automotive. Another segment in the automotive sector, mm. which is being, uh, you, you know, ma- made available, let's say, to the new um, electric uh, technology, mm. and so from, from that point of view, I thought it was, it it was an important flotation, and of course the technicalities which you cite are important, and I think might well be conducive in making this uh, float. Um, successful Mm -hmm. but just from a commercial point of view I can see where the journey is going there and if we are now having workable commercially viable pickup trucks Mm -hmm. uh, available that is the next frontier and of course Musk at Tesla has said some time ago that he is um, developing lorries as well electric Mm -hmm. lorries and so Mm -hmm. I think I think it marks a second step
0: I mean, it's definitely very interesting. I mean, clearly the company's massively over overvalued, but yes, you know, it's blimey. it's all it's all about the future, isn't it? So so there we go. That's that's the direction of the future that's that we get, that we're taking. So,
1: yeah, uh, so just one comment, one last comment on this. Absolutely, it is all about the future, and interestingly, it's massively overvalued. These things are unbelievably valued, mm. But of course. What that means is that the markets are really happy to pay upfront mm-hmm. for what they expect is going to be the earnings stream coming from this. So in 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 some way, if I wish to interpret this positively, then I would say that the fact that these companies are as highly valued as they are, yeah, is um almost indic is clearly indicative of the of investors betting on those technologies to be the technologies of the future. Yeah, and, and of course that is, but it's, it's getting us back to the electricity or the energy issue, because I think we are we are in a phase where we haven't got fusion technology yet. We mm-hmm. sort of abandoned nuclear technology. Mm-hmm. We are aware that we need to get a hold of the problem of uh, climate change. Mm. And so we are in this uncomfortable spot where, where we need to um, find the energy solution, the transitional energy solution to enable these technologies which we sorely need.
0: Brilliant. There we go. You've heard it here, uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, the future is the future is here anyway um we're gonna have to go uh, on that on that on that bombshell We will have to leave you but um thank you very much as always ralph uh, always brilliant to have you on this um and yeah thank you to listeners for listening and we will be back again actually we're not gonna be back because I actually I, i'm gonna be out next friday so i don't know what's gonna happen we might have to sort something out but uh, but anyway thank you very much indeed Excellent. Have a great uh, weekend, uh, whatever you, whatever you're up to. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back again. Yeah. Many thanks. Thanks bye. for having
1: me, Peter. Thank you. Yeah,
0: bye. Bye.